Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I pray that wherever you are this Thursday, July 7th, 2022, that you are well. You're overcoming by the very presence of the living God. And that his favor is shining down upon you. His love has captured your heart. You find him more desirable, more beautiful than ever before. That he truly has become, he truly is everything for you, to you in you, through you. And that as he has captured your heart, I pray that others around you are being captured by the one who has captured you. Because, oh, they can see him so clearly, definitely upon you and in you. And that the one who has captured you, they jealously long to be captured as well. Well, you are listening, watching live. If you are watching live with us and those of you who are listening via podcast, you are listening to the Father's Table Podcast, episode number 64. And I am your host, Pastor Ron L. Tate, the lead pastor of the Father's House, located in Frisco, Texas. And what a day it has been. We are so grateful that you are joining us. For those of you who are joining live and for those of you who are We'll watch and listen later on. If you like watching videos, Spotify has video podcasts available. So our videos are there on pot on Spotify. But if you just like listening as you work, as you go, as you work out, whatever it is, we're so grateful that you've chosen to allow us to be a small part of your day. Well, for us today, we actually intended on going live almost two hours ago. And we have had one technical issue after another. And yet, the Lord is so gracious in his love toward us and his goodness toward us. And here we are, and we're grateful, as I've said, to be able to be before you once again, I don't know where you are. If you're watching live, shoot us a little comment. Let us know where you're watching from. Let us know what the weather's like. It's hot here in Frisco, Texas. It's, I know the forecasted high was 104. So it's probably 101, 102, somewhere in that range already, if not 104. 
but we're grateful, we're honored, we're humbled for even just one. We're humbled that you would join us. I wanted to make real quick mention as we pray, as we prepare to pray and talk about what is on my heart for today. This past weekend, uh, July 2nd to be exact, I was a part of another prayer. <coughs> Excuse me. Another prayer house and their prayer call early in the morning. Uh, they do an all-night prayer call every month, the first Friday night into Saturday morning of the month. And when I am able to get on this call, I have the privilege of closing out and praying from the 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. time slot. There are times where I am aware a couple of days ahead of time what I feel stirring in my heart that I may start out in prayer. But more often than not, I, I do not know what the Lord has upon his heart. And we just go into prayer. But this past Saturday, for an hour straight, I prayed and asked the Lord to forgive our nation, not knowing this is I had this was not on my radar. But for an hour straight, I prayed for the United States of America, which includes the greater majority of us who listen to this podcast and watch. I know we have some who are outside of the U.S., but the greater majority from our analytics, the numbers say, are right here in the USA, including myself, of course. And I cried out for an hour. We cried out for an hour on this phone call for the Lord to forgive us, to have mercy upon us, to let his glory rain down upon us as we humble ourselves and seek his face. And the next day, as we were in worship for our Sunday morning service, I really felt the Lord pressing upon my heart for us as a house of prayer here. A family who prays before the Lord to go day by day, 50 days, beginning July 4th, which was this past Monday. And I wish everyone, I, I pray you had a wonderful Independence Day. But beginning on the 4th and going daily praying for each and every state within the union. We're going alphabetically to make it easy. That way we don't have to look up dates from the first state in the union, etc. But we're going alphabetically. We started on Monday with Alabama, Tuesday with Alaska, Wednesday with Arizona, today with Arkansas. And I have not released that recorded video online yet because we also had technical difficulties with that. But we have been praying for Arkansas today. And we will go all the way through August 22nd when the last state will be Wyoming. And I just wanted to encourage you who are watching, those who are listening on replay, to join us wherever you are. 
there is so much that the enemy has thrown our way and so many of us at various points in time, so many of the people who live in this great nation have come into agreement unknowingly, some knowingly, with all of the things that he is throwing our way to make us a divided states of America. I don't know about you, but I was born here and therefore I love this nation. And I don't want to see it divided. I want to see it thrive, but thrive under the mighty hand of God. I don't want it to simply be the land where you can come and have the pursuit of happiness. I want it to be the land where you have the freedom to pursue Jesus Christ. <clears throat> that you have the freedom to pursue his presence, the freedom to pursue life, yes, liberty, yes, and the pursuit of those things that the Lord has provided that bring joy and peace and happiness unto our lives, yes. But I want us to be a nation that truly lives its name, United States states united around Jesus Christ, states united around our yieldedness to the Holy Spirit, united around our desire for revival in the church, reformation without, and the kingdom of the living God to manifest. So would you join us as we pray for our nation, humble ourselves. I know we said we heard in 2020, Second Chronicles 714, greatly as we were praying for a president to be reelected and for things that we thought might be coming. Well, those things, many of those things are upon us and there are more to come. May we pray for repentance of sin. May we pray that we as a nation would humble ourselves under the hand of the almighty God. That we would turn to him, return to him. That we would seek his ways in everything that we do. Yeah. Would you join us on this journey? We're on day four, as I mentioned, Arkansas today. Would you join us? We have 46 more days. Would you join us as we go nation, uh, state by state and pray for our nation that the goodness of God may abound in our midst, that the glory of the living God may surround us, that those who have become disgruntled with the church and they were once members may find Jesus again. And those who have never known him may become well acquainted with him and fall in love with him. Would you join us in praying for our nation? Well, Father, we love you today. And we thank you for this brief time 
that we have before you, with you, before your people, with your people. Would you have your way? Would you speak to us? Would you guide us into the depths of your heart? Would you allow us to sit at your feet once again and glean from you? Would you allow us to behold the beauty of your face? To gaze into your eyes and be lost in you? Have your way amongst us. Have your way with us. Until we become like you. Until we bear your image in everything that we do. In everything that we say. Until every household resembles you. Until every neighborhood adores and worships you. Until every city bows before you. Until our nation as one turns to you. We give you all the praise. We give you the honor. We give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. The entirety of this year, this podcast <clears throat> has taken on a theme of you and I stepping into the plan and the purpose that the Lord has for our lives. If I might say right at the outset and at the beginning, I know that we have had books, we have had this theme, Discovering your purpose, not only on this podcast, not but in books that have been written. There have been best-selling books on discovering your purpose. Stepping into my calling. Stepping into my destiny, if I might say at the outset. As we discussed last week out of Romans 8, what we have so affectionately, if you will, called my purpose, my calling, my destiny. It is not mine. And I know for many of us, we don't look at it as mine, but there are those of us who do, and there is a performance-driven life based around me, me discovering my purpose, my calling. But as we read in Romans 8 last week, it is not my calling. It is not my purpose. It is his purpose for my life. It is necessary to differentiate between this 
because when I look at it as mine and I say this over and over again, even if I can intellectually, if I'm asked about it, say, no, 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 I understand that it is the Lord's plan for my life. But if I am over and over again declaring it is my purpose and my calling, sometimes I may step into this place where I begin to place pressure upon my own life to fulfill something that I think is mine, to fulfill something that I think that I have to do on my own and then give an account of it before the Lord. We are told in Jeremiah, and let me go there. I had not planned on this, so my Bible is not open to this. Give me one second to find this. The book of Jeremiah. Uh oh, my camera went out of alignment. Forgive me there. Jeremiah 18. Jeremiah writes this. <coughs> In verse 5. Well, let me start. <coughs> Excuse me. Let me start at verse 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause you to hear my words. Verse three, then I went down to the potter's house and there he was, the potter was, Jeremiah says, making something at his will. Listen to this. Verse 4. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. Verse 5. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. I'll, pause, I'll push pause there and jump over to Romans. If I can find it, I believe it's verse chapter 8. Chapter 9. But indeed, verse 20, O man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed to him who formed it say to him who formed it, Why have you made me like this? Does not the potter 
have power over the clay from the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor? And he goes on. What is the point? The point is this. The Lord is the master potter. He has created each and every one of us. The Bible tells us he's done it for his good pleasure. Romans 8, we read last week, said that he, did, he created us and called us and all of these things according to his divine purpose. Our lives, what we would call my calling, it is actually his calling upon my life. Uh, Lou Engle, I believe if I quote it accurately, says that God had a dream. And he wrapped that dream around human flesh. You and I are the dream of God. Which means that whatever purpose, whatever plan, whatever calling that there is upon my life, it comes from one, God the Father. Therefore, there is no pressure upon me to fulfill it in my own strength. There is no pressure on me to go into a multitude of places to discover it. But I simply need to come to him. To sit at his feet and inquire of him. The purpose that he's had for my life. What plan, what part, what does he have of my life? He says in Jeremiah. That he began the potter was at the wheel. But this lump was marred in his hand. It didn't turn out the way that he wanted. And so he re put the clay on the wheel and formed and fashioned it over. Is the Lord not able to do that with us? Is he not able and. I'll give you an example. Brother Kenneth Hagen, I remember listening to him so often years ago. And I remember, I don't know if I was reading one of his books or listening to him teach. Probably reading one of his books in uh, the Bible college that I attended. Uh, many of his books were used as part of the curriculum. But I remember him saying that he, when he gave his life to Christ, the Lord healed him. He became a pastor of a little country church. And he spent a number of years there. I, I don't remember the exact number of years. And after he had spent this time there, the Lord began to move him out of this position and the Lord said to him, now the first phase of your ministry will begin. And Brother Hagen said to the Lord, well, what have I been doing for the last X amount of years? Oftentimes, what we think is the purpose and the plan of God for our lives is simply part of the process to get us to the place 
that is the purpose and the plan. He is forming us on the will. Andrew Womack said that he was doing radio for 20 years. And then when he began to start doing TV, then the Lord says now, after 20 years, the Lord says now, you're about to get into what I have called you to. There are times when we think where we are or we think what I like to do, that is my purpose or calling. But I would ask, have we inquired of the Lord? Have we inquired of him to such a degree that we've heard him say, no, this is what I have for you. This is where I want you to go. Do we trust him with our life? Because I tell you the truth that every one of us, every one of you listening under the sound of my voice, whether you're watching me live right now, whether you're watching on replay, whether you're simply listening. Every one of us has a part to play in the kingdom of God. And in this day and in this hour, in this day and in this hour, we need all hands on deck. You don't have to be or you don't have to have a strong spiritual life with the Lord to recognize that things are awry around us in many ways all over the world. You don't have to do much digging to see that normal or what we considered normal over two plus years ago is not returning. You can see that the life we knew, life as we knew it, two plus years, three years, four years ago, it is different today. And we don't need believers, those who say that they are sons and daughters of the living God, those who say that they have given their life to Jesus Christ, simply sitting around moaning, complaining. But we need sons and daughters who will come before their father. And they will begin to cry out, what is my part in this? Who will begin to seek his face like they have never sought his face? What is my part? Oh, someone would say, what would praying for 50 days when no one even knows about it do? My Bible tells me that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much 
Oh, I know of a story of a man who lived in Evanston, Illinois. And he was there. Well, he lived in Evanston at one point, but he was in Zion, Illinois, the state of my birth. For 30 years, praying from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. by himself for 30 years. Because the Lord had called him back from Israel. He sent him to Israel. And he went. And when he got to Israel, the Lord says, go back to America. I'm calling you to pray for the nation of America. And he says, Lord, I just got here. People supported me. I just started taking Hebrew lessons. And the Lord said, go back. And he spent the final 30 years of his life on his knees, praying every single night by himself for the United States of America. It is reported of this man that he had not even been outside of his home the final 12 years. When they came to remove his body, it was the first time his body had been outside the home in 12 years. They said that right by his bed, there were grooves in the wood floor from where his knees had constantly been in those sp spaces. What is your part? What is my part? We all have a role. We all have a part within the kingdom of God. And many times we will have multiple parts and roles to play. <coughs> the Lord will ask of us at various times to do this and to do that. Is he not able? Jeremiah says the creator. He says, oh, Israel, am I not able to do with you? as this potter is able to do with the clay. In Romans, he says, who are we, the created thing? How can we say to the one who created us, why have you made me like this? I do not like it. We were not created for ourselves. Therefore, it's not my calling. It's not my destiny. It's not my purpose. It is his for my life. It is the plan he has for my life. The purpose he has for my life. And we need all of us. No matter where we are. We need all of us. No matter our station in life, our age, where we are right now, as long as there's breath in my body, and I call upon the name of the Lord, there is a part that he has for me to play. He says this in Ephesians. Well, I want to say this. If we look over the scriptures, there is no one who called themselves 
There is not one who declared their own destiny, their own purpose that was from the Lord. Abraham was in his father's house attending to his family's business. And the Lord came to him and said, Abram, Abram, get thee out of thy father's house and go to a land that I will show you. It wasn't Abram's plan. It wasn't Abram's, his life goals or life plans. He wrote them out on the paper. These are my 25-year life plan and life goals. And I'm not saying I'm opposed to any of those things. But it was the Lord who came to Abram and said, I am the Lord thy God. I will reveal myself unto you. But he says, you got to leave where you are and what you're doing. Go into a land that I will show you. And he tells them in Genesis 12. That I will make of you a great nation. And he says, in you. I will cause all of the families of the earth to be blessed. It was the plan of God for Abram's life. Let me. Jump over and read it. Genesis 12. Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, he tells Abraham. Abram, I will bless you. He says, I will make your name great. This is the Lord thy God. This is the Lord's plan. This is his dream. That he had. He says I will bless those. He, he says I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you. All the families of the earth. Shall be blessed. That's God's purpose. For Abram's life. God's plan. For Abram's life. Abram had a part to play in the story of the birth of the nation of Israel. Birth of the family of faith of which we are part of. We are heirs, the Bible tells us. Of the faith that Abraham had. It wasn't Abram's plan or purpose. It was the Lord's for his life. Moses, it wasn't Moses' plan to be a deliverer. It wasn't his purpose. It was the Lord's purpose for his life. It was the Lord who appeared to him as he ran from Egypt and was on the backside of the desert living a family life. And the Lord appeared to him. He chose his part in his plan. Moses was doing what he wanted or what he thought he should do, whatever. So was Abram. And the Lord appeared to him and says, 
take off on the, in the burning bush. We know the story. Take off your sandals for the place you're standing is holy ground. He tells Moses, I'm sending you back. You know it wasn't Moses' plan because he tried to get out of it at every turn. Why will they accept me? Who will I say is sending me? I have a stuttering problem. I don't speak well. The Lord chose him. For he had a plan. He had a purpose. He had a desire. He had a dream. And he wrapped it in Moses and said, you're it. You're next. You're up. And on and on. <clears throat> David was on the backside of the mountains tending the sheep. Samuel goes to anoint the next king. He goes through all of the sons. The Lord says, it's not the one I've chosen. It wasn't David's plan, his purpose, his design, his desire. It wasn't his divine calling. It was the Lord's. David was content in caring for the sheep and worshiping the Lord. The Lord found him and said, I've called you to be king. Oftentimes, we think we know and we set out and do certain things in life that we enjoy, that we are content with, that we like. And the Lord says, it's just a part of your purpose. It is just, excuse me, just a part of the process to get you to the place where you're now fit. Oh, the clay was marred and the potter put it back upon the potter's wheel. The process is taking the marred clay and making it fit for the master's use. What part do you play? In Ephesians 4, and I'll read this and we'll, we'll close for today. It has been a three-hour right now at this point, almost four-hour, yeah, four-hour process to do this podcast. <laughs> Simply because of the technical issues we had. Ephesians 4 tells us the blueprint of heaven. It says that Jesus ascended, but he first descended. And afterwards, it says in verse 11, <coughs> and he himself <coughs> gave some to be apostles. This is his desire. 
This is his blueprint for his kingdom, for his New Testament church, for his people. This is his blueprint. And for any one of those, any one of us who thinks apostles and prophets ended in Acts, Jesus does not say that. And nowhere does it say that in Scripture. That they are not here today. But Paul writes here in Ephesians. And he himself. Jesus himself. He gave. He's established. Some of us. To be. His apostles. Not our own. Not the master chief. Apostle. Not the master prophet. No he is that. But he's given some to operate in these offices here. It says he gave. This word to give speaks of how great the giver of the gift is. Doesn't speak about the greatness of the gift. So we can stop tooting our own horns and patting our own self on the back because we stand in one of these offices. And he himself gave that word forgave speaks of how great the giver. Of the gift Jesus himself. It speaks to the fact that he knew exactly what we would need. He knew exactly what was needed for his body for his church, for his kingdom. And he gave some, it says, not all. Some to be apostles. Some to be prophets. <clears throat> evangelists. Some pastors and teachers. Not everyone is in the fivefold, but he says some are. But he didn't give those some for them to do all of the work. This is why I say all of us have a part. It's not me who says it. It's Jesus who declared, who, who established it. And Paul, who is saying it here, that we all have a part to play because those office offices the gifts of these offices were given for this the equipping of the saints that would encompass everyone doesn't mean just one equips all of the saints just apostles or just prophets, or just evangelists, or just uh, pastors, just, no. He says all five are needed to properly equip the saints. We need every one of the offices working that the saints might be fully equipped. Have you ever uh, gone... It may be working for your job or 
playing a sport. <laughs> I remember <clears throat> not long ago, uh, I was taking my, uh, mine and my wife's oldest son, our oldest son, uh, to soccer practice. And uh, prior to him, his soccer practice, our youngest son had a soccer game. So <coughs> there was a little downtime before his practice because he had, our youngest son had a game. Then the game was over and it still was about a half an hour or so before our oldest son's soccer practice. And so we just hung around a little bit and and then we began to go over to the soccer field. And and I think that night my wife didn't go she didn't go for some reason. I think my our daughter was tired, whatever, she didn't go. And we got over to the soccer field where my our oldest practices and he realized he didn't have his soccer cleats in other words he wasn't fully equipped for what he needed to do and that's the point with this have you gone to work and the equipment that you need to do your job you you left something you didn't have everything have you ever been trained by someone to do something, but they didn't tell you everything that you needed to know to get the job done effectively. That is the point. He gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. We have embraced pastors and named everybody pastors, even though the vast majority of them are not shepherds. Because we haven't embraced Jesus' way, his blueprint. The only way for the saints, all of us, to be fully equipped. Listen to this. We're equipped for the work of the ministry. Doesn't mean you're going to do all of the work. But there's a part of the work that you have to do. But if you're not fully equipped for what you have been designed called purpose by the Lord to do if you are not fully equipped by the fullness of the fivefold you'll be deficient I, I used to uh, the church me and my wife planted in Illinois the Chicago land area um, over 10 years ago I used to say that say to our church on a fairly consistent basis that if my voice and the reason I would say this is because we left out of a church where we were discouraged by our pastor at the time and I'm not trying to throw stones I'm just stating a fact I'm not criticizing this is what I will not mention this pastor's name I'm or the church but we were discouraged from listening to other voices, ministers in the body of Christ, unless he brought them before us. And so because of that, I recognized that there 
was a deficiency in my life and in many of us who attended this particular church because we were discouraged from listening to anyone else. And so I would tell our church on a fairly consistent basis, the church that the Lord had us to be pastors over, that if my voice is the only voice you're listening to, you will be dwarfed or deficient in your growth. You have to be strategic. You cannot listen to everyone. Yes. But there must be strategy. You must be strategic in allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you. If you have been called into a prophetic gifting, so to speak, and all you do is listen, listen to other prophets, you will be dwarfed in your growth because there is a fullness that still must come to you, that the gift that is inside of you, that the place that you need to be comes to its full expression. We, we all need it. If you're a pastor and you refuse to listen to the foundation layers of apostles and prophets, you'll, you'll be dwarfed. He says that this fivefold is for the equipping of us all, the saints, for the work of ministry. Each one of us has a part, has a role, has something to do. You, you, you know, maybe I'm, you know, the, you, you see the road working crew. They have multiple people doing multiple jobs. What's my role in the kingdom? Holy Spirit, teach us, show us our role. What is my role in the kingdom? For the work of the ministry, listen to this, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Do you know if we don't have the fullness? This is the Lord's blueprint. If we don't have the fullness of the fivefold operating in our lives around us, we cannot be completely and fully edified. We will be missing something that will encourage us and strengthen us and bring us to the place that we need to be in in order to do the work. And he goes on in the next verse to say this. Till we all come to the unity of the faith, we cannot come to the full fullness of complete unity you know if you've ever noticed splinters and fractions within the body i'm not i'm not even talking about in the world but within the body because we haven't embraced the lord's blueprint fivefold no no and i'm not mentioning people who declare themselves to be this this is not what we're talking about today we're talking about actual Fivefold ministers. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Without the fivefold, all operating, we cannot come into a complete knowledge of who Jesus is. Why? Because he encompasses, encompasses the entirety of the fivefold. He, when he was on the earth, he operated as apostle, as prophet, as evangelist, as the great shepherd, as teacher in all five. And he was the master in every one of them. And listen to this, to a perfect man, 
to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It is within the blueprint and the confines of which Jesus declared and gave unto us as the body and the kingdom that we come into this place of the perfect man and woman. Jesus said in Matthew, be ye perfect even as your father in heaven is perfect. That is this goal. It is the striving for that. Well, we cannot continuously go from one measure of glory to the next without the fullness of the fivefold. And I'm, I'm well aware that maybe where you are right now, that is not available. You don't have that around. But we ought to be looking for voices, looking for the operation of this around us that we might come to the fullness of Christ, the measure, the stature of Christ, that we can actually live him out, live his ways and represent, properly represent him to the world around us. He goes on in verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men. He says that the fivefold operating all around us helps the body from being immature and having having every new doctrine that comes around every couple of years or whatever pull us off that we will be able to be stable we won't have trick trickery cunningness and craftiness deceitfulness pull us away why because we will come to this place of the fullness having the full measure of Christ within us a full knowledge of who he is he goes on but speaking the truth in love we may grow up in all things into him who is the head the Lord's blueprint leads us to that now verse 16 from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. The fivefold is necessary so that we're equipped for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body, so that verse 16 is a reality. Everything else is necessary, but it leads us to verse 16. From whom the whole body joined and knit together together by what every joint supplies we want family and we want community and we say we have family but if every joint is not supplying we're not a complete family we're out of alignment we're out of whack have you ever had a joint in your body something stretched too far twisted ankle which is just a joint that has been snapped to some degree it, it, it takes your entire body out of out of whack you'll limp because of an ankle because of a toe you you'll do all it'll be one area it's not the entire body but it affects the entire body from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies listen to this according to the effective working remember early on we're equipped for the work of work of ministry here according to the effective working every joint is supplied by the effective working 
by which every part, you and I, every part, whatever that may be, does its share. What you're doing, it may seem insignificant when you place it up against what's what you're looking at someone else doing and you've placed a label of how significant they are or what they they are doing is you may think what you're doing is in, insignificant but it's your part and if you don't do your part the body can't be joined and knit together it cannot be fully effective the kingdom does not have its full effect in society and he finishes off saying the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love we're all needed in this hour we're needed that we might represent or represent Jesus properly to our brothers and our sisters but also to the world around us we're in need of it and we are in need of every one of us going to the foot to the feet of the father and saying what have you created me to be what is my part for your kingdom what is my role in fulfilling your purpose I am here for your good pleasure I am here for your divine purpose what is your call upon my life that I will do that I will do I pray today as we're done that you and I will take it upon ourselves to go back before the Lord and say what in this moment in this hour do you have for me to do what is your divine purpose for me where do you have me how do you see me knit and join within the body and effectively working for your kingdom glory and that you might be glorified what is my part nothing that the Lord asks of us is insignificant or without merit. And we must do our part. Well, I pray that you have received something out of this today that would encourage you and that further equips you to walk with him like you've never done before. He is the master potter, potter. We are the clay. We are his. We are his. And what he desires to do with us. Our response should be, should be yes. Yes. And yes. Father, we love you today. And we thank you. For what you're doing inside of us. Help us to see the significance of the life that you have given us. Help us to see the significance of whatever you have called us to do.
Help us to see as significant your purpose in and upon our lives and for us to step into it with all that we are, that you might be fully glorified, that you might be fully exalted, and that you might receive the fullness of your reward. We love you, we honor you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I thank you for joining us. I thank you for tuning in live, and I thank those of you who are listening on our podcasting, on the various podcasting platforms, watching this on replay. You can watch it on replay at our website, hispresence.churchvimeo.com. Also, Spotify has video replay, etc. Go into it. It'll be up on Facebook, also YouTube. Share this with someone. And I pray that the Lord will take you from where you are today into the places that he has always wanted you to be, be. There is where you and I will become fully alive. Not when we look for our own purpose, but when we step into his purpose for our lives. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for joining us today, this Thursday. It took us a while to get live, but we did it and we made it through. I bless you. I am honored and grateful that you've taken any measure of your time to join us, to listen, to tune in, and to partner with us. May the Lord keep you. May he cover you. May he bless you. May he pour his grace abundantly out upon you. You have been listening to the Father's Table Podcast. And I'm your host, Ron L. Tate, lead pastor of the Father's House Frisco. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.